Hello, this is Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group, and I am joined today by Alyssa Knight, who is a senior analyst at ITA Group and a renowned cybersecurity influencer. Alyssa, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be on. So we're talking about deception technology. Clearly, this is a um, something that's been around for some time. But I mean, first of all, can you just frame for me what deception technology is and, and how it fits into the broader arsenal of tools that are out there for combating cyber threats? Sure, Nick. So it really has its roots from, you know, one to two decades ago with, with honeypots and the early HoneyNet project days. And so it's, it's really the commercialization of what we remember is the old like honeybee project sort of thing, but, you know, with some added bells and whistles and more enterprise capabilities. Uh, deception technology basically is addressing the problem of the fact that in an APT attack, when you've got an adversary on your network, uh, that pivoting happens very quickly between devices. And so it's the idea that you want to try and catch that adversary earlier in the in the you know miter attack chain if you will or kill chain so you get that early detection uh, through the use of these decoys and what's different about deception technology today is it, it really unlike you know the old deception technologies and honeypots of 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 yesteryear if you will uh, is is that they do use this concept of breadcrumbs where they'll attempt to lure the adversary away from your mission critical production systems over to the decoy using actual files and credentials and other other components on production systems that will direct them over to the decoy which is quite novel if you think about it and that seems like a far more subtle way to, to go about it rather than putting out again a windows 95 device or whatever something is very obviously <laughs> a honeypot so it's far more about sort of, again, driving that traffic to, to an alternative path at this point. Right. And, you know, I mean, adversaries are definitely, you know, it, I, I think we'd be remiss if we were to look at adversaries as not being very sophisticated. You know, the 14-year-olds the picking their nose in their bedroom, hacking after school. You know, the days of, I think, script kitties um, have really disappeared and given way to a much more sophisticated adversary that's not out to deface websites. And so I, I think, yeah, we, we, we need to add more layers of controls in, in that multi-layered approach to security of defense in depth. And this is definitely one of the ways to do it. Now, as you mentioned, you know, the honeypots of, of uh, you know, the, for, of their, the former years, you know, it's in the early years, the honeypots were really designed around implementing a, a purposely vulnerable system. Like you said, a Windows 95, unpatched Windows 95 host, you know, a Windows XP host running SP1. But these, the, the decoy technologies of today really aren't designed in that way. Yes, they will have one or two vulnerabilities, but they, it won't be such a glaring target that, that would indicate or be indicative to the adversary of being a honeypot or a decoy. It's, it's a really designed around you being able to take a decoy and make it look like your production systems in your environment, your other mission critical servers in your environment, like an Oracle server, ERP server that may be running, and, and actually be able to import things like gold images into the decoy and, and other things like that to make it look like part of the environment. Got it. So where's this evolving? I mean, what what are we likely to see uh, as the deception technology we're talking about is evolving? Um, and where does that fit into sort of the broader picture of, of the way the cybersecurity landscape's evolving? 
I'm I am definitely seeing some of the the industry players adopting things like orchestration, playbook playbooks for orchestration. So taking automated action. You know, we we're we're dealing with a systemic problem in the cybersecurity industry globally, where where you have a, a talent shortage, and so I think you know this is this is the logical direction of a lot of the security controls on the conference floor, if you will, where they're trying to sort of use technology and automation to try and remove human from that loop. Now, I don't think we're going to be able to completely remove humans from it. So you know, trolls put down your guns. I don't think that, that that's the case. I think we're going, you're going to see vendors trying to remove the human as much as possible from that loop by you know the things like uh, autonomous response you know or or the the deception technology communicating with an EDR tool saying hey i've got someone trapped in this decoy machine you need to take action on the EDR to look for these IOCs take this sort of action you know so i think that more of autonomous response is a lot of the direction the other direction i see this going is you know trying to create decoys around not just a server but IoT devices th things that are that were previously not connected to the internet now becoming connected you have monolithic applications moving into the ways of you know, microservices and APIs so being able to create a decoy, a decoy of an API server especially with PSD2 and open banking those banks being able to deploy a decoy that that looks like they're their API servers to attract adversaries to that decoy. I just see decoys being used in sort of creative, novel ways that that is outside the lines of a of a traditional server. Right, and I guess I mean the bottom line here is I mean uh, the listeners to this podcast is this something that's nice to have or, or something that they need to have as part of their arsenal going forward? That's a good question. You know, if if you were to ask me what my opinion is, I, I think this is definitely going to be the pill, not the vitamin. And I see uh, what more adoption moving forward of deception technology because it's, it, you know, we've, we've entered an age at this point, an era where it's not about if you're going to get breached, it's about when. And being able to shift left on that detection timeline to much earlier instead of six to eight months, you know, six to eight hours, uh, because of these security controls, the efficacy of either machine learning or these other security controls being able to catch that adversary sooner, uh, it pays dividends, right? So I, I think that's, I think that's where we're headed. And so I do believe that this is a need to have. Uh, every environment is different, every CISO is different, and you need to definitely look at the respective technology because not all deception technologies are created equal. You need to determine what are your requirements from it before looking at the technology and, and matching it up that way instead of building your requirements list off of the technology you're looking at. Okay, that's some great advice there. Well, Alyssa, thanks ever so much for joining me today. Um, that's Alyssa Knight, who's a senior analyst at ITA Group, and for Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.